Hey there, mud peddlers. So before we get started, I'm gonna take a quick second to thank our patrons. In the House of Stone, we have Taylor Fries, Melissa Russell, Liv Matlin, Gabriela Margarita de Jesus, Fighting Chance Studio, Denise Vita, Curly Tail Studio, Krisha Dolan, Aya Kimuraquan, and Allison Connors. In the House of Flame, we have Spaghetti Sandwich, Pokela, Natalie Curry, Leah Harvell of Queen Amethyst Ceramics, Katie Grant, Julie Sugidono, Francie Dillon, Aaron of Dirty Panda Ceramics, congratulations on your wedding by the way, Aaron, Cynthia Johnson, Corey Little, Cheryl Eisenhower, Celeste Gantz, Amber Costley, Jade Smith, and Birdie Tam. Thank you all so much for supporting my work and supporting the Mud Peddlers. You guys are awesome. And if you are not currently a patron, you can join if you like at patreon.com slash lindsaymdillon. All right, let's get started on the show. Wait, can you hand me a little fluffy thing? I was tapping the table last episode. You tap, you know, tap so much. I I'm so sorry. It's okay. I just get very excited. It's fine. You're probably um, a little tap dancer. A little tap dancer. Little tap My mom tap. wanted to be a tap dancer. Really? Well, not like professionally. She just used to actually. Only thing I'm trying to tap is that ass. What's I'm saying? Oh my god. Are we already on episode 69? No. I wish we just recorded that. That'd, that'd be cool. That'd be a cute as shit. That'd be tight as fuck. Yeah. All right. I'm one of those guys. Wait, I'll turn it on before. And it's then we can it's just... on right now. Oh, it's on. It's on. Oh, so we've been recording this. Excellent. <laughs> Gotta be fast, Lindsay. Excellent. This is The Mud Peddlers, a podcast where two nerdy ceramic artists share the behind the scenes of their worlds of clay. We're your hosts, Lindsay M. Dillon. And I am Dante of Earth Nation. This week on The Mud Peddlers, we are doing the first of a sort of two-part mini-series. Yeah. And the overall mini-series, it's really just two episodes. I don't know if that counts as a mini-series. It's a, it's a series and it's mini. Yeah. It's like, a mini-series. Yeah, okay. All right, I'll, I'll take that. I'll take that. But we're basically talking about creating a consistent body of work. And this first episode is mostly going to be talking about how to get consistency in your shapes. Because, again, there, there's many different ways to create, like, a cohesive body of work. And it yeah. doesn't necessarily have to be everything has to be the exact same size and shape and everything. Like, there are other ways that you can do that. But that's more what we're going to be talking about in the second episode. Yeah. This one is more like consistency in your shapes and getting things to visually look like the same. Well, just to just to encapsulate or reiterate what you're saying, there's a difference in between having consistency of work as far as profile goes mm -hmm. and as far as shape and consistency of shape goes. Those are two, at least in my mind, yeah. separate things. Yeah. You know, that's the difference in between making a set of something and just like two bowls. Yes, you know? yes. And I think the reason that it's important to explore this, or, or rather like, I think there's a lot of things that you can learn from making a, a bot, like a, I don't know, I feel like body of work is kind of like a, that's almost like a too much of a capital A art term. Yeah. But basically what I mean is like making, even if it's like a small series of pieces, if you have a little collection that's like, like you're saying, like a set yeah. of something, yeah. you can learn, like there's a lot to be gained from that learning experience. Like, especially if you're still relatively new in ceramics and you're like, you know, how do I 
How do I hone in my repetition? Yeah, yeah. At least for the first episode, that's kind of what That's kind of what we're talking about, yeah. yeah. In in general, and I guess this is sort of like an intro to what the miniseries is going to be about. Yes. But like, when I was doing the video for Ceramicon and I was talking about how do you talk about your work, it kind of made me think about how I think a lot of the things that folks who are just getting started in ceramics or have been doing it for a little while but have never sold their work, mm -hmm. I feel like it's often people feel self-conscious about not having a consistent look. Yeah. Because unless you've been doing your stuff for a while, you're probably not going to have a consistent brand, right? Like, so yeah. beginning to make a, a series or a, a set of something is a way to start exploring creating a brand in addition to exploring just the... A standard. The, yeah, exploring a standard. Yeah. 100%. So, and, anyway, and that's my thesis. <laughs> Yay. So I graduate now? <laughs> Like, no! Jesus statement! You have to listen to the episodes first. Give me the piece of paper that says I can have a job! Please? <laughs> yeah. Just to, um, I wouldn't call it, I wouldn't call it a pushback. This is maybe like another side point, but throughout your art career, your pottery career, if you are a potter listening to this, I, I assume most of them are, right? Pro but, I mean, yeah, I mean... There's probably some draw drawers out there. Yeah, and some... Drawers. Some, or maybe some, uh, you know... Drawers. Some drawers. Some prairie dogs right. out there. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> If you are a toddler and you're prairie dogging, I don't know why a toddler would listen to this. Anyway, um, I sorry. I wonder my pebble was. Oh, that'd be so cute. That would be cute. Oh my god. Don't listen to this. Don't. Yeah. Parents. No, this is. Don't, this is. These episodes are no longer explicit, but yeah. they're definitely they're not like. There's some things in here you're gonna have to listen to when you're a teenager because you don't get them right now. You're gonna be yeah. It's gonna be in depth learning. You're yeah. Have to double back. Yeah. Okay, Timmy. Yeah. Go. Get out of here. Okay. Go to the bathroom. Anyway. Stop prairie dogging. Oh, God. Prairie dog. This has gone too far. <laughs> <laughs> Rain it in. Rain it in, Dante. <laughs> well, well, I was going to say, I don't think it's a negative thing, although I do know I do notice this a lot in the ceramic art world. Hmm. An artist will generally go through the gambit of things they like to do and, and figure out what they do for a standard, and they will, like, stick to that standard. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm not saying it's a good or bad thing, but I just want to reiterate, it's okay to not stay in a certain we did an episode on this yeah yeah it's totally okay to experiment with experiment with other people's shapes yeah you yeah know, or, get, or just, your own style in there yeah and also just try things that are completely new like before i started i guess basically like there there have been times where i've explored doing a single new thing and yes. it's turned into like a whole ass part of what i do now 100 percent. so yeah i do that a lot too where i'll see a, a body of work or i'll see someone's standard of work and i'll go you know what uh his name's alex olsen on instagram alex olsen i'm not sure i'm not I'm familiar in with him love with his work yeah in love it's so organic oh. and you know the craziest thing is that all he does i don't know if it's a he asked his gender whatever but like all, all this person does is they make super thick cylinders and they get a knife or a potter's knife. Oh, is this why you've been doing this on yes. your Patreon? Yeah, and they just oh. like carve out Yeah. Shit, and they're so sexy. Oh. oh. Yeah, that's a whole um I think it's like oh god. There's a term for that. There's a Japanese term for that. It's like Kuruniki or something like that. I don't know. It's like the peak of contemporary and organic mixed together. It's yeah. like someone did that on purpose, but it does look akin to nature. Yeah. And I'm I'm trying to replicate it, but to reiterate what I was saying earlier, whenever I try and replicate someone else's work, not like I'm trying to do it to a T, I often end up spicing a little bit of my style in there, right. whether it be conscious or unconscious. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I end up making something that's akin to, but not anywhere close to their artwork you know what i mean yeah like, this yeah. looks like it's related but it looks like it was not made by the same person at all. yeah like they're they're cousins they ain't siblings exactly <laughs> yeah just like every anime <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <gasps> sorry don't worry mika-san you're not related <laughs> oh 
Oh my god. The people who That's don't the watch... cleverest thing I've said all year. Oh, the people god. who don't watch anime are like, I don't know. I'm like, what? Right and they, oh, but if you know. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Let's bring it, let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. So consistency. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> okay. <clears throat> ah. You good? Yeah. Okay. Great. Great. <laughs> so if, if <clears throat> so, I've actually been thinking about doing a small mini series on the YouTube channel myself about consistency and how to the three steps that I would consider the primary steps in getting consistency, regardless of the shape that you throw. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're just giving me this face. I'm sorry. Trying to keep it in, but I can't. Okay, no, I'm good. I'm just not gonna look at you for. A I second. don't think you're good. No, I'm so good. I'm so good. I'm so good. Just say things. <laughs> okay. okay. I think I'm actually good now. Okay, we're good now. Okay. okay. All right. I was actually planning on doing a small mini series on the YouTube channel about how to stay consistent in your work, and there are three primary things that I do to stay consistent with my work, and one of them, which I ignored for a long time mm. is weighing your clay dude that makes such a big difference a big like difference. if you do nothing if you take nothing else from this episode yeah take getting a scale and yeah, yeah. so what i used to do is i used to get like two to five pounds of clay depending on what i was making and i used to wedge it and then i'd split it in half and be like cool these should be relatively the same weight and size and if i'd make one a little bit bigger than the other one then they'll nest into each other. Let's say I'm making two bowls. Right, right. But now it's like, well, I don't have the time to wedge and then cut and wedge and cut and wedge and cut. So now I get a bag of clay and I go, this entire bag of clay is now teacups. And these teacups are all going to be a pound to a pound and a half. Take some off a little bit for trimming. And then we're going to put them on the shelf and I do that and not hump their own, right? But you need a scale to do that. So if you're trying to throw for repetition, you're trying to throw for consistency, one consistent shape over and over again, I would heavily suggest you weigh your clay. Yeah. I get now, that some of you don't want to weigh. If someone's like, eh, I don't want to, like, why? Like, what is it about weighing your clay that makes such a big difference? Because you as a person have a certain amount of hand movements that you need to do in order to get a certain shape. And that specific amount of clay or that weight of clay is going to acclimate to that amount of hand movements for every single piece of clay. Mm -hmm. You're not doing extra stuff unless you're really trying to make a different cup every single time. For example, I get two pounds of clay. I center, I open it, I pull it a little bit with my, I call it the spider technique, but it's really just like semi-pulling. Mm -hmm. I pull once, I form. That's it. Yeah. After that, I've made a good cylinder with the walls as thick as I want them to be. I'm not doing anything extra. Mm -hmm. I'm not putting any texture on there. And if I keep doing that, if I know that that's what I do and I keep on doing that for every single piece of clay, granted they all weigh about two pounds depending on what I'm making, they will come up relatively the same shape as long mm -hmm. as I don't open them wider or don't pull them with more pressure, which I yeah. shouldn't. Yeah, all of my mugs are usually like three poles. I could probably like get it down to two or one. I just haven't put in the effort to learn how to do that yet. Yeah. But I know that based on the amount of pressure that I apply to my fingers yeah. with three poles, with a certain amount of clay, I know what height it should get to. Because that's you. Right, because that's me. That's right. what I've gotten used to. So if I had a clay that was like more than what I would normally throw with, that same amount of pressure with those same three poles is going to give me a different height. 100%. So then I'd have to like cut some off or I'd have to add more pressure and pull more. So essentially, if you weigh your clay out first, mm -hmm. you have fewer variables that could change how the cup turns out because yes. it's hard enough to learn how to apply the right amount of pressure when and where to get the shape 
and the height that you want. So if you're not having to deal with the other variable of more or less clay, then you're you're basically you're making it easier on yourself by taking about out those other variables. Right, and you can control your own variables first. How you like? I know I'm an aggressive puller, so if I'm pulling, say, a mug about the size of Lindsay's mug, mm -hmm. I know I pull about twice and then I start forming. And as I form with a metal rib, it usually straightens up and condenses a little bit. So yeah. that's like an extra pull almost, right? Mm -hmm. Especially with my metal rib. But like, if I have five pounds of clay, and I I don't think yours is five pounds. No, no, my 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 steins are. Max. No, yeah, my steins are two pounds of clay. Okay, yeah. Ceramic artwork, especially Wilthorne ceramic artwork, is a very physical art form, and your body can kind of, especially if you're in tune with your own body, can really tell the difference in between certain amounts of clay and certain weights of clay. And mm -hmm. when you're working with it, you can tell. You can tell how thick it is and how thin it is based on your fingers pulling and yeah. using the clay body. Like, mm -hmm. You can, and it, like, you're going to want to pull again. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to want to. And it takes, it does take a little bit to develop that sense. Yeah. But I think that's why, like, one of the things that I would add on to what we're discussing about, you know, getting consistency is not only weighing your clay, but also throwing multiple at a time. Because I think yeah. sometimes, again, you know, depending on where where you're able to make your ceramics, like whether you're in a class or whether you have like your own space or whether you're renting somewhere, I think sometimes it can be easy to or rather what I see often is people will spend like an hour just doing like maybe two or three pieces. Oh yeah. And I think even if you're not, you know, cause it takes a really long time to get on that more like production level of like efficiency. I think if you can sit down and make four pieces within an hour and ideally, you know, maybe like four or five, mm -hmm. but I think throwing multiple pieces in one session can also help kind of get your body used to developing the muscle memory to get done what it needs to get done. Because 100%. I think if you're throwing just one piece or two pieces and then waiting a few days and then throwing another one or two pieces, you're not able to see back to back where you're either pulling too much or pulling too little. At what stage of the process, your shapes begin to look different from the ideal like base one that you're trying to get all your pieces to look the same as. You know what really helps me too? Hmm. And I'm, you know me, I'm one of those people who don't, I don't do this, but I started doing it. <laughs> is you don't. gotta, you gotta write down the shape mm. right after you're done throwing it. Write down its oh, height, oh God. its width, with a weight of clay that you used. Yeah. And that's about it. After, like, just do a little sketch mm -hmm. next to it. You don't have to be an artist. Well, I guess we all are. Honestly, when I write down my, my shape, sometimes I won't even, like, draw the shape. I'll just write down Stein, you yeah. know, because in my head, I kind of know what a Stein shape is supposed to right. be. Right, they're your notes. Yeah, yeah. But, but writing them down, like, yeah. And then coming back after it's been glaze-fired and adding what the dimensions and then also the fluid capacity ends up being. Oh, yeah, that's true, Is too. another, yeah, that's like, one. yeah. Because you know what's going to happen is there's, there's two things that are going to happen. Number yeah. one, you're going to try and throw that same shape a month mm -hmm. later and you're like f <laughs> what was the weights and how large did i throw it and what was the width and then you're yeah. gonna end up with inconsistency which yeah. is the opposite of what we're trying to tell you yeah or the worst part right is you get a like a large order or a commission from mm -hmm. somebody and they go i really like this cup i saw it on your instagram i want yeah. 10 of those and you mm -hmm. go i'll make 10 what notes do you have to go look at yeah. sarah <laughs> huh? I hope there's a Sarah out there. I'm, I'm I sure. I, Sarah, of course there's a Sarah. Uh, you we better love, write love, down your we, notes, Sarah. We love you, Sarah. Lindsay loves you. I do. <laughs> <laughs> you have to have notes to refer back to if you're doing a job for consistency. Yeah. I'm not saying every shape you do, but, you know, like for me personally, I have little Avatar teacups. Mm -hmm. I know what size they are. I know how much clay. I know what kind of clay body. Mm -hmm. I know the absorption rate. I know the shrinkage rate. I know what, what glaze and everything. But I wrote those things down. 
Yeah. So now when T Cozy goes, I want 50 more, I go, okay, let me go back on the notes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Go back on the notes. But if I ever gave them a different size, they'd be like, yo, this is not consistent to your body of work. Mm -hmm. This does not look favorable upon our business in the future. <laughs> if they speak like that. I don't know. Oh, of course they do. That's they, how they, do they don't. They totally they don't. don't. They're don't. super friendly. I love those guys. Cool. Yeah. Like, so, okay, so if you've, if you've wanted to make a new kind of shape mm -hmm. and you have a kind of idea of how big you want it to be, it's really nice being able to go back and look at your notes and go like, okay, I use this amount of clay for this shape of an object, this amount of shape, this amount of clay for this larger object. And based on those two numbers being like, okay, maybe I can find something in the middle because yeah. this shape is similar or different in such ways. Anyway, it just, it saves you, it saves you a lot of time. So to piggyback off what you're saying, it also gives you a realistic standard on what, cause like, it, Let's be, Instagram's fake. <laughs> I try my best to just take a picture and put it up there with like very little editing. Mm. But like most stuff you're gonna see on Instagram is just not real, right? <laughs> what and does that even mean? Just get, it comes back around. Don't worry. <laughs> okay. All and, right, and if you start to realize like all the weird advertisements, like oh this wheel can handle a hundred pounds of clay. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. You're not throwing a hundred pounds of clay. Mm. Keeping a jot down of how much pounds of clay you use for what a huge stein is three to four pounds. Huge. Huge. Like my steins, which hold like 24 ounces, are only two pounds of clay. Huge. There's no way. And so you start to realize how like weird people trying to sell you things are. Mm. Especially especially in like the, oh, this can do this, this, and this, and this. You're not going to need that. Yeah. You're almost never going to need that. And if you did need that, you wouldn't be advertising. They wouldn't be advertising to you. You know exactly where. <laughs> if you were doing that kind of business, you would know exactly where to go <laughs> to get what equipment to make a base that is the size of a human being. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I don't know. I I just I feel some kind of way about like, and I know I have a thing for advertisers, but I often find that like Instagram advertisements and like you know those super late night CVS ones that are like, oh yeah. Have yeah. you ever had trouble putting your cereal in your bowl? Oh yeah. And it, and it shows like a person like trying to get cereal out of a cabinet and they're just avalanched oh my god with like kicks dude those are the best i don't even know if they're not it's just it's just they do advertisements do that a lot mm -hmm. and keeping track of what you need and what you don't need for the amount of poundage of clay and xyz and xyz that you're using are it's the best way to be like i don't need that <laughs> yeah in fact i don't know a single person who needs that that actually i feel like is a good segue into tools Ooh. because we talked a little bit about tools like on an earlier episode but i feel like like you wanted to talk about specifically there are certain tools for this one scenario for keeping yeah. yeah for consistency but within that there's a lot of different options so yeah. let's let's talk a little bit more about well, that you had mentioned rulers earlier yes and i think everybody starts off with rulers right everybody goes height with jot it down yeah so I have actually experimented with a few different ways of measuring things. And I know that the one measuring tool I have not tried is the kind where it's kind of like a like an arm of a lamp, but there's no like lamp at the end. It's oh, just the, like the a throwing gauge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like ha a, I have yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. So the, so but just Ryan has one too. Ryan Durbin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it, it usually will attach to your wheel and you use it to basically gauge how high you want your piece to be. Yeah. You or can, how, how tall. Rather. You, you can do both. So there's two arms. You can gauge the, the height and the width. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and there's also uh, there's like laser. There's like what is it? Old Forge. Uh, Joe Thompson. Yeah, he uses he uses like a little like laser thing so for his guys. Of Joe it looks all the so time. it looks so great. The, so the two main ways that I've measured my clay as I'm as I'm throwing it is um the <laughs> you can't I'm see, doing you a can't funny see. hand motion. You can't see it, but Lindsay is like butterflying in the middle of her chest. Yeah. 
<laughs> like she's trying to catch a ball that's constantly slipping out of her hand. That's a very nice way of putting it. So what I have tried using before are the, I believe it's a Japanese style where they're essentially two sticks or something, something more like nice than actual Chinese. sticks. Chinese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it Chinese? I'm pretty sure it okay. was developed in China. Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So they're basically thin sticks that are usually like crossed or something. And it's basically a way to like quickly check like the, the depth and then the width and stuff. And I personally have still found that using a... Don't say ruler. <laughs> using a ruler? I, st I still use a ruler, I'm dude. gonna buy you a throwing gauge. No, the thing, like, I mean, the thing is, honestly, it doesn't take that much time. Like, it takes, I don't know, like maybe if I was... We're not peasants, Lindsay. Okay, I'll say, I'll say this much. There are other ways that I could hone in my efficiency on the wheel when I'm throwing more production style. Mm -hmm. I think there are other things that I could fix before the ruler. Because honestly, checking with the ruler takes maybe two seconds. No, you're like it's you're right. It's super fast. I've marked it out like because I just got like the cheap free rulers from Home Depot. Yeah, yeah. And I just mark where my mugs need to be, where my teacups need to be. I have or, a ruler for my mugs. And mm -hmm. I have a ruler for my cups. Well, it's a, just one ruler. I have them just marked oh, I see. on like various, like, you know. I see. Yeah. So, so anyway, so you can get... <laughs> I'm buying you a throwing gauge now. I mean, I may not use it though. That's, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I would. I don't know. You can use I, it. It would be worth, it would be worth experimenting with for sure. You can use mine. But what I'm trying to say though is that you, you can use a super simple ruler, but yes. the things that you'll want to check because, you know, sometimes people will say like, oh yeah, measure your stuff. But then it's like, okay, what do I measure? For me, when I'm throwing the piece itself, I measure the height, obviously. Yeah. I measure the interior and exterior diameter because... Okay that also helps me figure out how thick I'm throwing. And I've gotten to the point now where I can basically just measure the interior because I know how, how thick my pieces need to be. Yeah, yeah. And I know that I generally want the inside at least three inches wide so that people can like fit their hands inside the cup to clean it. Three inches is enough? It's, I mean, it's enough for my sized hand. So if you have like a larger hand, it's not, but it's a, <laughs> it's a. <laughs> is four inches good? <laughs> I, I'm sure it would be. I'm sure it would be. I need, but, I need but, more than four inches. E, e, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Four inches width of the cut so that you can clean it when you're washing I also it. like mine kind of thick too. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's... I think A little above six actually. Is, oh, yeah? I think perfect. Oh, okay. Yep. I, I don't think we're talking about cups anymore, are, are we? Are you not talking about cups? What? What are you talking about? Anyway. <laughs> um. So this one time at band camp. Um, <laughs> this episode's off the rails. It is. It is. Choo-choo, mother... <laughs> um... <laughs> Anyway, what was I trying to say? Oh yeah, okay, so so measure the height, the interior and exterior diameter, and then particularly if the shape is rounded, yeah. I measure the widest part. Yes. And then also, when I first started making my like whiskey style cups, the ones that are uh, kind of more rounded at the bottom, but straight as they, as they go. Yeah, yeah. As, yeah. So when I first started making those, I measured not only how wide the widest part of the cup was, but also at what height that widest point was. Oh, for different shapes, I see. Yeah, yeah, so basically, so for my whiskey style cups, I know that they're three and three quarter inches wide, and they reach that point one inch up the cup. I see. Yeah, so then that's just when I'm throwing it. When I'm trimming it, then I also will measure the depth of the foot, the how wide the, the interior and exterior diameter of like, the foot ring. You do more than I do. I do a lot. Yeah. And then I also measure how far down the handle is, like the top part of the handle. Really? Yeah. And then also how far up from the bottom the handle is. Well, is way more consistent. I just do like poundage. 
as well, far as like weight of clay and then height and width. And I'm like, yeah, that's good. Yeah. I, well, I, I measure to that specificity when I'm making a specific series for something or yes. when I'm trying something new. Yes. For the most part, like if I'm making pieces for SAC anime, if there's like a quarter of an inch difference or I have like a general sense now, I'm like, okay, I know that my, I tend to throw my, my pieces like a, a little over a quarter of an inch thick. Yeah. So I don't have to measure the exterior diameter because I know what the interior diameter is going to be and how thick the piece is. Right. So, I don't have to measure all of those things every single time, but if I'm trying a new shape and I want to get that consistency, those are the number of things that I will measure to get that get those consistent. I like to think that there's levels to it, right? Like mm -hmm. the more productionist you go, yeah. the higher tier of equipment that you're most likely going to be comfortable with. Yeah. Like as a beginner, if I'm just weighing out a couple bowls, I'm going to use a ruler, right? Yeah. But like if I'm trying to make 10 cups the exact same and I'm not moving from the wheel at all and I've weighed out all my clay already, mm. I'm using a throwing gauge. If I'm doing any extra work after that, I'm going to get the old forge laser thing. I know he was not <laughs> I know he didn't invent the laser thing, but like he's known for using it. So I have one, but I only use it for like silk screens and whatnot, mm. you know, because that's after the wheel work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be kind of weird to have a laser thing on the wheel and get dirty, I guess. Mm, well, I mean, I think I don't I don't really know how those work, but I've seen I've seen him use those on the wheel. Like, I think that's the primary way that he uses it. OK, that makes sense. But, but I'm not entirely I'd, sure. I'd splash it. Every, I'd like it's brown now. It came white, <laughs> you know. And then I think after that, it's really just kind of knowing your own body. Now, there is there is a level of... Before we get into the body thing, I think yeah. we should talk a little more about tools. Because we talked about measuring devices, but there's also a bunch of other things. Like, I know folks are really fond of throwing ribs, and I, I can't remember what company it is. Like, Mud Tools, and I think, like, Dirty... Dirty Girls. Dirty Girls Pottery, I think, or yeah. Dirty, Dirty Girls. Yeah. Anyway, there's a couple companies that produce a wide variety of oh, yeah. throwing ribs to get different shapes, too. So let's, can we talk a little bit more about, like, yeah. some of the other tools that people can use for getting consistency in their shape? Well, I mean, the the high majority, from my point of view, of, of ribs, whether it be from Kemp or Dirty Girls or, you know, whatever, is, like, you have your ribs, and then you have different shapes of ribs, but usually those different shapes are for texture. But like, if you're using a wooden rib, it's the same shape as like a metal rib. And it's usually mm. the same shape as like a rubber rib, unless you get the curvy curve one, which is like for pushing out and not really keeping in. Yeah. Most of the wooden tools that I've seen are for getting different shapes. Yes. Not just for getting texture. Oh, those? Yeah. Oh, I hate those so much. <laughs> oh, I hate them so much. I think... I can, okay, I'm going to guess that the reason why you hate them is because it's like, why buy a tool for something you can do with your hands? No, it's, it's, I'm, I'm just not, and I think on the whole, I'm just not into buying a tool that has one hyper specific use uh, that gives you one singular effect that not only do I know how to do myself, but like I'm paying someone to give me a tool to do something that is a workaround for something that mm. like is very hyper specific and I don't get it. It's it's one of the reasons I don't, I'm not a fan of Giffen Grip, not to say that I hate it. It's just like, it's it's $200 for a hyper specific thing that I already know how to do. Yeah, I mean, if you already know how to do it, but I think like, where, where I could see, especially the um, wooden rib tools, where I could see that being beneficial and where, like, I've even thought about getting one is... <laughs> don't give me that look, Dante. Don't give me that look. Is, it's for rounded shapes. Because I think doing consistent rounded shapes or, like, shapes that have, like, just curves in general... Yeah. I think is one of the harder things to get consistent. And that's actually, that's another thing. Is that I, if, I if you're practicing consistency, I would recommend practicing with straight walled shapes first. 100%. Like, cylinders. 
start there and the, or like you know steins i mean again i'm biased obviously but i think starting with straight walled shapes is easier but coming back to the wooden rib tool i think where it could be beneficial to have one of those is that instead of having to do more tweaking and both as you're throwing it on the wheel and as you're trimming it to get a, a specific curve that you want mm -hmm. having a wooden rib tool yes it's hyper specific but if you know you're going to be making like 20 of the same shape for a commission or something and instead of like i think the one it's faster and more efficient to use that wooden rib tool to get that curve that you want right i mean i i agree with you to a certain degree because i think that if you're using a rib no matter what material it's made out of, to go on the inside of your pot to make a curve, you still have some type of control. You still well, no no, but the, the those are used on the outside. The wooden rib tools that are that are for the curve, you put those on the outside and then you push outward from the inward part of the clay. So like you know how you use the normal. You're making a bowl and you do this going that way. Yeah. Oh no, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of like I'm thinking of cups. Oh, okay. No, yeah. Okay, well, yeah. Well, I'm, I mean, the statement still applies. In, in oh, okay. Case, yeah, anyway. yeah, 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 yeah. But if you're if you're using a rib and you're trying to make something like a bowl or you're trying to make something like a cup, right? And you're trying to get either a, a curved edge to go outwards or a straight edge to go inwards and make it straight, right? Mm -hmm. There's a certain level of control for width and height and the amount of pressure you need to put on that uh, that rib to go outwards or to yeah. go inwards. You still have some type of artistic control over your medium. But like the hyper-specific tools, don't not that they take away, but they shear down the amount of control you have because they're giving you a tool that says you are making this shape. This is the mm. shape I'm giving you. You paid for it. This is the shape you will make. This is the shape. In my mind, I'm like, well, I want more control in order to express myself. That's fair. Because that's I'm fair. the artist. Yeah. And that's what artists do. If yeah. they get a medium, they express themselves, and they change the medium in order to express themselves. Mm -hmm. But buying a tool that makes you do literally one thing is like, yeah, it's consistent, but God, where's the soul? Yeah. Christ. I mean, I... Oh, you can make it look pretty with a glaze, I guess. Uh, I mean, I think there's a lot of different ways that you could still individualize it, but I hear what you're saying. And yeah. I think maybe that's where learning how to make your own tools can, oh, can yeah. be better. Yeah, because like I, oh, I, yeah. I have done that with like, it was actually, it was, it was a super jank way of doing it, but I took a wooden, a wooden rib tool and I just like gouged out uh -huh. like a little notch. Yeah. And I used that when I was making my uh, house Atreides mugs that had the little like ridge at the bottom yeah so yeah so like even if you want to have more of that control like you're talking about yeah yeah making your own tools is always an option as well it's one of the reasons i enjoy making glazes because on some level the standard bottled glazes i've been you've been through them all you know what i mean after a couple years of buying these bottles of glazes you're like my work not only looks like everybody else's work but i also don't get to control outside of the amount of combinations i have mm. Which are endless. I mean, I gotta push back a little on the whole thing. Oh, my work looks like everybody else's. Like, yeah, there like there it. are similar like glazes that you see. Yeah, but yeah. but I think I don't know. It's a little bit of a stretch. I feel like to it say is, that it's. I agree, it's a stretch. Yeah. But you're not you're not doing my glazes. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? <laughs> no, no. When I, someone's I like, that. oh, is this Randy's red? I'm like, no. Oh, not Randy's red. If someone like a, uh, oh, is this Firebrick red? I'm like, no, it's not. Mm. What is it? I don't know. I haven't named it yet. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean haven't named it yet? It's mine. Made it. I made. I made yeah. it. Like, yeah. It's it. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying that it doesn't look like everyone else's. I'm saying that it definitely doesn't look like anyone else's. Yeah. Yeah. Is, yeah. Is my point. And it's, for sure. For I don't sure. know. I just enjoy as an artist who wishes to express themselves through a medium, whether physical, auditory, or visual. I wish to have control over my own expression because for yeah. me, that is the crux of being an artist in artwork. And any mm -hmm. tool that is hyper specific that whittles down that freedom of expression, to me personally, 
that's not what I got in this for. Mm-hmm. I didn't get in this to to stifen like me expressing myself. Right. You know. Okay. And, and like so when I whenever I get a tool that does one thing. Yeah. I'm like cool. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. I paid for this too. Yeah. Actually. Thanks. Are there any other tools that that you think would be helpful for for people? Because I mean, we've talked about different measuring methods. We've talked about the wooden ribs and things like that. What do you feel like are some other tools that are helpful for? Oh, actually, you know what? Okay, so <laughs> I'm gonna answer my own question here. But um, <laughs> one of my favorite ways to use wooden rib tools actually to help get a consistent look in my own work is I will use the width of the bottom part of the rib tool when I'm like flattening the, the inner foot. Really? Of, yeah. So like for my steins, I take my widest wooden rib tool and as I'm compressing the bottom before I raise the walls, I know that, okay, for my steins, I'm gonna use the width of this, like, so I bet I'm trying to like describe this, just again, one of those situations I, I get where- I where you're going. Right, I just, no, I'm, just, I'm, trying to yeah. exp- I'm trying to explain it so that our audience who has no context for what I'm saying. Audience? Yes, I know, it's almost like we're recording this. You know, almost, um, <laughs> so that they can understand what I'm saying. So, basically, when I'm so when I'm compressing the bottom of the cup, and then I'm pushing outwards so that the bottom right-hand corner of the of the tool is on the the outside part of the the inner part of the cup. I'm with you. I want there to be about a third of an inch between the very center of the cup and where the rib tool starts. Really? So yeah, so I'm essentially saying that the, I want the radius of the inside part of this cup to be a third of an inch wider than the widest rib tool that I have. Okay, yeah, I yeah. do the same thing but with plates only. Oh, okay, yeah. Like if I'm making a cup or something, I usually run my fingers back and forth. Yeah. It's it's because I have this, I have no proof to substantiate this at all. I wanna say that before. <laughs> I have this wild feeling that if I run my fingers back and forth down whatever I'm creating at the very bottom, let's say a cup or a bowl or whatever, a mm-hmm. plate, that I'm somehow reducing the amount of S cracks that'll occur. Oh yeah, no, I mean compressing. Because I'm compressing the platelets. Yeah, no, 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 that's 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 true. I, do, I have no, here's the thing, ever since I've been taking the Matt Cats classes, I have no scientific proof oh. to say that's true, yeah, to substantiate okay. that but I believe it with my heart and soul. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, using the rib tool does the same thing. Right. It compresses it, but it's using a a tool instead of your fingertips. In my mind, the most cohesive way I can put it that would make like just pure logical sense Mm -hmm. is that you're straightening out your clay body and evening it out. Yeah. Not to compress the clay platelets. That's like too micro or like too scientific. But instead to even out the clay so there's no difference in drying. Mm. The evenness of dryness. Because if you make a cup and the t- bottom part's super thick yeah. and the top part's super thin, it's going to have a h- much higher chance of, number one, it's way weaker, and number two, yeah. of cracking. Yeah. It's just like, you know, on the curb or on the streets, whenever it rains, there's always like a crack in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because one part got dry real fast and one mm. part didn't, there's too much pressure, whatever, whatever. I know that's true. Mm-hmm. But like, I can't, but I do it still. Yeah. I do it still. I do it with plates. I get my metal rib and I just run it back and forth. And I get my fingers to run it back and forth. Yeah, yeah, I'll do yeah. it like 20 times. Dang. I'll do it a lot. That's not very efficient, but I, I know. But that's I'm fair. so scared of S-cracks and plates. Yeah, no, I mean, that's fair. S-cracks and, and plates are, are, a, uh, are a hassle. Yeah, they suck. And plates take up, for, uh, that's a different topic. Yeah. Plates <laughs> take up a hell of room. God, I hate plates. I hate plates. Plates and huge bowls yeah. are like a whole level. Yeah, yeah. Holders. Yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. All right.
right, so do you feel like we have covered tools or are there any other things that you can think of, like different ways that you use, oh, sorry, I keep asking you the question and then like coming up with answers. But I mean, this is like a basic one, but like using a needle tool to check the depth. Oh, the needle tool is easy. Yeah. Yeah, that's but a beginner, yeah. Something that I will also do too, which I think sometimes people don't realize that you can do. Okay, so we all know that when you're throwing the, the piece on the wheel, you put the needle tool through the center of the bottom of the cup. After you've then, opened the well. After you open the well, yes. yeah. And then you use that to measure how thick the bottom of your piece is. Yeah, you put your needle tool in, you put your finger by the clay body. Mm -hmm. Once the needle tool reaches the bottom, you pull it out without moving your finger, mm -hmm. and that's how much space you have. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you can use that same technique when you're trimming. Oftentimes, weight is another aspect of consistency that can be challenging to manage. Yes. So you, you can use that same technique to check the depth of the foot as you're trimming it, or the area basically right next to the foot that you have to trim away, you can check the depth. Basically, you're checking the, the thickness of the walls of your piece at yes. various points to see, okay, do I need to take more clay away here? Have I taken away too much? And, ooh, I gotta stop. You know, because it creates a little hole, but you just cover it up. You just cover up the hole. I also like to use my needle tool to cover up holes. Oh my god. See what I'm saying? Oh my god. Know what I'm talking about? Oh my god. <laughs> know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess that was the last thing I had to say about the needles. It was just check, yeah. using the needle tool to check the thickness of the walls as you're trimming to make sure that you, you've trimmed away enough or if you need to trim away more. Lindsay is saying that you can do the same trick at the bottom of your clay body when you're throwing as you can do in the sides. Thank you. That's a much the more- The same exact thing you yes. can do. Yes. That you do on the bottom, you can do it on the sides. Yeah. And if you're OCD about it, you can cover it up by just running your thumb or finger over it. Yeah. Did I help? Yes. Okay. Calipers. Calipers. I hate them. <laughs> why? I use them and I hate them. Okay. Tell me why. How do you use them and why do you hate them? I only use calipers to make lids. Mm -hmm. And of those lids, there's like seven different type of lids mm -hmm. I know how to make and I have to use calipers. Calipers are essentially a, uh, a width tool that measure both sides of width, right? So like, like you put it in the middle and you squeeze it inwards and it measures either the inside of a lip or the outside of a lip. Mm -hmm. It can technically measure the bottom. You can measure anything with it, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but like most people use it to measure the inside of the whole of a vessel, like the uh, inside of a cup or mm -hmm. the outside. Yeah. What I usually do is I will make a vessel. I will make a jar or a cup, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'll go, okay, well now it's time for me to measure the inside so I know how to make the drop-in lid because drop-in lids are safer for me. I usually yeah. make those. And then there's a little tool in the middle. There's a little screw that you fasten and it keeps that measurement for the tool. You mm -hmm. put it aside and you make maybe two or three lids. Mm -hmm. Sometimes if you're trimming with sauce, you make one. <laughs> yeah, which yeah. is not a good idea. That's a, that is a risky thing it's to do. It's a risky do. thing to do, yeah. yeah. And then um, you, you make sure that lid fits the inside measurement of the calipers and that'll usually fit the inside measurement of the vessel that you've made. I think it's a fantastic tool. I don't think it's more so for consistency. I think it's more so in case, like if you were making a hundred lids or, you know, like 10 lids mm -hmm. of the same exact shape, then yeah. But you would first have to consistently throw the vessel the lid's going on to. Right. You know what right. I mean? Like and you have could, to have consistency on both sides. And hypothetically, you could also use a ruler for the exact same thing. You could, Lindsay! Yeah! <laughs> I guess! You could use a ruler! Yep, yep, mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> All right. This is uh, what the, you're doing what I do when I'm like, you're like you can buy a gift and grip, and I'm like, oh, you could just learn to trim. I know. Well, you it's use a ruler. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I just yeah. I guess it's just it's yeah. cheaper to be it's, fair. It's, it's, cheaper. it's cheaper. I don't know. I mean, again, I'm sure it's one of those things where you know at the 
at the higher levels or maybe even not even then maybe it'll save you time i guess that's really the biggest thing is that the ruler is cheap but getting the more specific tool like the calipers yeah. will probably save you time it saves you time but you have to get like it this sounds gatekeepy you have, you have to, to get, get good you have to get good <laughs> you have to get to the level in which you need that type of consistency right. in order to not earn but like once you have that tool you're like now i need it yeah yeah it's, i didn't it's, need it before i could use the ruler yeah you know, yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I hear what you're saying. It's like you you don't. I'm trying to think of a good parallel. When you level up, you need better equipment. Yeah. But if you level one, yeah, go ahead, use a ruler. Granted, the level 100 probably still use a ruler, but like. That's me. Not that I'm <laughs> level 100. I'm probably level like 62. We're like level 60 or 70. Yeah. Because yeah. I've seen the 100s and they're great. <gasps> they're out there. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, I'm just like again. I'm sure there's other ways that I could be more consistent and more efficient. You Efficiency know. is really the name of the game, the consistency. Yeah, yeah. I that's actually yeah, I wanna get more consistent about certain things, but yeah, I but I still use the ruler for a lot of stuff. Yeah, so okay. anyway, okay. Hand movements. You were wanting to talk about using your body as a tool and getting consistency in like your throwing movements. This so. is a big one and I think it's specifically a trick that I've learned for hump throwing. Okay. When you're throwing off the hump, which is essentially you get a large for anyone who doesn't know, you get a large mound of clay. I usually get about maybe 15, 20 pounds, mm -hmm. and make sure it's good soft clay. And I will center as I cone up and down. I will cone up, I'll cone down, cone up, cone down. When it's nice and consistent, I will cone up and I will center essentially in midair at the top of the cone. And you can throw a shape off of that little hump. I do it mm -hmm. for my teacups. It's super easy. The trick that I've learned. Oh, wait, you know a little shout out thing? What? For Ceramicon? What? If I remember correctly, Tim C, his whole video for Ceramicon is how to throw off the hump. Really? Yeah. I need to I need to sign in Ceramicon because like because like there's so many good potters in there that I could watch. I know. I'm actually super looking forward to like yeah. seeing everybody's videos. And anyway, was, sorry. Yeah. I just wanted to shout out. But as you as you cone up, you can essentially center in midair. What I've learned to do, especially with one shape of a teacup, is that I will, in order to dig my well, put my thumb all the way down without moving my elbow or my palm. And I will try and make my thumb go as deep as possible without moving the rest of my appendage, my arm, mm -hmm. my whatever, right? And that's how deep I need that specific teacup to go. I will mm -hmm. then pull my thumb out towards my palm, and from that point on, I will center. If I keep on doing that over and over and over and over again, mm -hmm. I can use the part of my body, my thumb, Your thumb. Mm -hmm. to measure out how much clay I need, how deep it's going to be, the width that I need it to be, and then from that point on, I just pull like a normal cylinder and it's good to go. Yeah. I don't have to measure when I'm throwing off the hump. I never measure my clay. Mm. I never measure the weight. I never measure the diameter. I don't measure the height, the width. I don't measure any of that. Yeah. I center off the hump. I dig one thumb in, pull it out, pull once, straighten up the clay body. Mm -hmm. It's done in like a minute and a half maximum. Dang. Right? And But you, you can do that. You yeah. can use parts of your body to measure, and it sounds weird. Yeah. But let's say you're making a little little shot glass. Find a part of your body that it matches the width of or the mm. length. And if it matches it, you just throw that shape every single time. I like to use <laughs> my finger. Dante. I like to use my finger. Dante. Because uh, my finger is the right height mm -hmm. for a very small shot glass. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes I use other parts of my body. Oh, okay. Yep. All right. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I use my finger as well when I'm um, throwing teacups. Yeah. And I know that basically by the first pull, I want it to be as high 
as my finger so that basically if I like have my, my hand on the inside of the cup, I want the top of the, like the lip of the cup to be right against the notch the, where- like where the webbing? Yeah, yeah, the webbing where my thumb connects to the rest of my hand. Yeah. And then I know, okay, cool. Like I'm rich enough. This should give me another like- Right. Another two pulls or whatever. So- um, I, I almost yeah. never measure anymore. I just yeah. do that trick when I'm hump throwing and I'm like that, I know that's the size. Sometimes they're a bit off. Mm -hmm. But they're not off to the point where somebody goes, oh, these are inconsistent. Yeah, yeah. I will, it, unless I'm throwing a specific set, like again, when I was making this, the, when I was making the surfwear for um, Insight Coffee Roasters, mm -hmm. I, I measured everything. Right. But again, now, like for Sack Anime, I will allow about a quarter to like mm, a little less than half an inch of like differences. Right, essentially, yeah. yeah. My, mine's about a quarter to a half an inch as well. Mm -hmm. Not fussing. What do you mean? No, oh, no, I can't talk about that. What? Not fussing? I can't not fuss with it. Yeah. Because whenever, like, we're all, listen, listen to me. Yeah. We're all guilty of this, right? Mm -hmm. There's a pottery, and the pottery's fine, and you've done as much work as you can without messing it up. Mm -hmm. And it's as good as it can be for that stage of dryness. You could wait for it to dry a little bit to mess with it more. Mm -hmm. But you're not gonna. But you're not gonna. Mm -hmm. You're gonna fuss with it, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. You're gonna fuss with it, and you're gonna mess it up. Mm -hmm. Okay, you? I will say, though. I fuss with it. There's, I think there are times where it's worth it to fuss with it. Now, now in general, well, it's a gamble. Lindsay. I think I know, I know it is, but there's obviously you know positives and negatives to this. Yeah. Ideally, you want to get your hand movements consistent enough that you don't have to fuss with it. Yeah. So that you can, you know, you drop the wall, you pull, you raise the walls, like you, you know, straighten it, whatever, and then you're done. Yes. And you don't, cause, cause again, you, like you're saying, you can fuss with it and then you end up oversaturating the clay, yep. you stretch it and then like, <laughs> um, and then, you know, co co collar it. <laughs> um, so, so ideally, yeah, you want to, you want your hand movements to be consistent so that you're not having a bunch of superfluous movements. As clean and concise as possible, yes. essentially. Like yes. you want to know what you're doing, how you're doing it. Yeah. Usually I do a piece to do practice and then mm -hmm. I'll, but yeah. No, yeah. yeah. But on the other, other hand, I think sometimes people won't take the time to make those small adjustments that would help their pieces be more consistent. If you're trying, if you're really aiming for consistency, I would argue that it's better to allow yourself a little bit of fussing room to get the consistent shape. Like if you if you realize that the interior diameter is a little bit too wide, take the time to, you know, collar it in a little bit. And then, I don't know, like, cause take I- Take the time to readjust too. Yes. Yeah. It's, yeah. So if, if, like Lindsay's saying, if you, if you have extra hand movements to the point where you have to fuss with your stuff afterwards, you might want to readjust the functionality of your hand movements while you're throwing. Yeah, because I mean, because it takes time to develop what those hand movements oh, yeah. are and the muscle memory behind all of that. 100% muscle memory, right? Yeah. I watch cartoons as I throw now. Like, oh, yeah. But when I first started, it took me like an hour to make a bowl. Oh my God. Nobody's, nobody's born a, uh, what do you call it, a wunderkind? Uh, wunderkind? What's a wunderkind? I don't know, a wonder sounds... kid. Oh, oh. No, yeah, nobody's born like a genius that, like yeah. very, 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 very rare. Yeah. I've never seen one. Yeah. I did look in the mirror this morning, though. Oh, oh my god! Get out of here! Get out of here! <laughs> oh. Homework. You're right. Yeah. Okay. 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 So Lindsay and I are trying to do a standard homework assignment <laughs> that you can tag us in on either Instagram, Twitter, Discord, whatever you know. Wherever but tag you want both to. of us. Tag, tag both. Tag and, both of us. And and hashtag the mud peddlers. Or the muddy mud, petties. No, mud, the mud peddlers. No, the mud peddlers. The mud or peddlers. just mud peddlers, you know. Anyway. The mud petties are the, for the Patreon people. Oh. Mm. Mm. They get pants off podcasts. I legally have to say that there is no sexual element involved in our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, you know. <laughs> Don't it.
You can't see it. Oh my god. Like, you don't know my pants are on right now. I mean, that's that's true. We are both. Our skins are off. We're in our true lizard people forms. Yeah, actually, I work for the Illuminati. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, homework. Homework assignment. the planet Nibiru. So, the homework, what was the homework that we agreed upon? It was to buy yourself a scale. Ooh, buy yourself a scale. Doesn't have to be a fancy one. Do not make it a fancy one. You're going to get it dirty with clay. Yeah, you can literally get one for like 10 bucks on Amazon or I'm sure a similar price at a, if you, like, especially if there's like, I don't know, like a local hardware store. Yeah. You know, try and buy local if you can. You know what I've done is I've bought myself a food scale for like calorie counting. Mm -hmm. And those tend to be cheaper and you can get them dirty because they're meant to have food on them. Yeah. Then like a scale scale if you're looking for like a human. Because they're going to try and give, if you type in to whatever search engine, scale for sale, they're going to mm. give you like 100 pounds of scale, right? Yeah, yeah, You yeah. need like 20 maximum. Yeah. Five. I, if, yeah, honestly, I have like, again, it was a $10 scale that I got on Amazon. Yeah. It only goes up to five pounds. But right. what I do is if I need to throw 10 pounds, I will make two five pound balls and then wedge them together. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And on top of that, if you have a scale already, if you don't have a scale, get a scale. If you don't have a, if you do have a scale already, I want you to start weighing out your clay just to get an idea of how much clay you're using on the wheel before you throw. You don't have to change the amount of clay on the wheel. I just want you to see the number mm -hmm. and maybe some bonus homework. Oh. See if you can throw the same weight and shape with a like a, maybe like an ounce or two less of clay. Yeah. That's what I used to do. I used yeah. to I used to make I used to get like five ounces of clay, mm -hmm. cut it in half, right? That's two point five pounds for mm -hmm. huge bowl, huge bowls, honestly. Yeah. But each and every time I did, I'd take off a tiny bit of clay and mm. be like, oh, I came out with the same exact shape. Oh. And then I would trim a little less because I wanted as much clay to trim. Interesting. As, and I would save clay. I would save money. I would save my reclaim time. Mm. I would always have an extra ball of clay at the end of my throwing session. Mm -hmm. It was just good. So that's, that is your homework and extra credit. Make sure to tag us. Yeah. And now for the kiln plug. Uh, Lindsay and I are both going to be at Encica 2023 in Ohio, Cincinnati. Hey. Hey. I'm gonna eat all your potatoes, Ohio. <laughs> all of them. Mmm, potatoes. We actually got invited to the cool kids table. Yeah, we did. Uh, that was cool. Yeah. Um, we're we're gonna be on a panel. I think we've talked about this a little bit in our last like kiln plug episode. Yeah. Or kiln plug session. Yeah. Section. We have sections now oh. in our in our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, okay, so do you have any uh, shop updates coming up or what? any blog episodes that came out recently? My next blog is going to be at the end of February. Okay. It's like mid-February right now, right? Mm -hmm. And then my next shop update is going to be at the beginning of March. And I'm only doing this because we've got to go to Unseeka. Mm -hmm. So I got to get the stuff out. I'm not going to put a lot of pots up there. It's going to be like 30 pots maximum. Mm -hmm. They're most likely going to be uh, bottles, mugs, and bowls. Bottles? Bottles. I don't think I realized you made bottles. I make them, but... Nobody really buys them except for like really, really high-end collectors. I have this That's guy, I, I think, uh, the Middle East who like loves my double hump gourds. Loves oh. them. Buys them out every time. Nice. Every time. He's like, ooh, another glaze. Mm. Another double hump gourd. And cool. Plus, I need to do experiments. Yeah. There you go. When's yours? I'm, I'm still kind of <laughs> collecting myself mm -hmm. after Sack Anime, which is kind of insane. But between Sack Anime and then Ceramicon... I have not been on the wheel since like November. Really? It's been a long time. So I'm still kind of getting it back into things, but I want to do a dragon egg only update. Ooh. So I'm going to be making a couple different sizes of dragon egg mugs, a couple different glazes, but it's going to be a relatively smaller update, but it's all going to be 
dragon egg mugs and then the pieces that did not sell at sack anime okay good so yeah so that's the that's the plan i'm gonna put it in my thing now since i've said it again now i have to this is yeah. why it's important to have outside deadlines because otherwise i don't meet them and i sleep until noon or one every day what oh my god and stay up till two or three what <laughs> for today. Thank you for listening to The Mud Peddlers with Lindsay M. Dillon and Dante of Earth Nation. Want to say hi and see what Dante and I are working on in our studios? Check out the show notes for links to our websites and social media below. You can find me at lindsaymdillon.com. That's L-I-N-D-S-E-Y-M as in monster, D-I-L-L-O-N.com. And on Etsy, Instagram, and Facebook at Lindsay M. Dillon. And you can find me at Earth Nation Ceramics. It's spelled exactly how you think it's spelled, but you can also find me on my Facebook fan page and Instagram at the same name at Earth Nation Ceramics. If you enjoyed hanging out with us today, or you have a question or topic you'd like us to discuss, take a second to rate and review the Mud Peddlers in Apple Podcasts. It helps our podcast reach new listeners, and we really appreciate the feedback. Thanks again, and we'll catch you next time.